pitcher, amazing fielder, amazing batter. That all adds up to us an amazing college baseball player. Moving on, Tom Glavin, member of that 1995 World Series team. Fun fact that he was a World Series MVP. He was a two-time Cy Young Award winner. He was MVP of the Series in 305 years, 24 playoff times, and he won two more of games than Randy Johnson. in the NHL, plays, you know, drafted in the MLB, obviously, Tom Blanchard, he's two-time Cy Young Award champion, three-hundred game plus World Series MVP, uh, long, short career with the Phillies, um, and obviously, now that I'm mentioning what matters to Tom Glavin, I can't talk about them without mentioning the third player of the, of the Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz trio, who um, John Smoltz himself was a Cy Young Award and a 3,000 strikeout stud, and he wasn't always a starter. He had, I think, four four seasons or so as a closer. He had 200 career wins and 250 saves, 200-plus wins, 250 career saves, and was a member of the 95 Braves World Series as well. Years later, after Glavin um, moved on to the Mets and Greg Maddox was on San Diego, Smoltz still playing in Atlanta, there was one day, June 27, 2007, where all three of them pitched and recorded a win on the same day. Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. So, cool, cool to see that trio of guys all get a win on the same day. Let's move on to Frank Thomas, Big Hurt one of the greatest designated hitters of all time. One of the greatest hitters, period, of all time. Two-time MVP, back-to-back MVPs, 93, 94, 
Chicago's. 521 career home runs. 301 career batting average, which when you think of designated hitters, you think of power, you think of RBIs. You don't think of batting average when people say that. You know, Big Poppy, great uh, designated hitter, not such a great average hitter. Maybe in statistic dicks you look at the stat, it's great for a designated hitter, but lifetime average over 300 at the position is unheard of. Um, Thomas was actually on the White Sox the year they won the World Series over the Astros, but he was injured and was not even on the roster. Um, he did, however, throw out the first pitch of the game uh, of game one of the World Series, and he um, obviously received the World Series MVP. about Frank Thomas, he actually was the only active player at the time to agree to interview on the Mitchell Report back when there was the old uh, PED reports were being compiled with every game going forward. No one wanted to talk, obviously no one was the commissioner, no one was talking about what was going on behind closed doors, but Frank Thomas was interviewed and he was an open book and very clearly proven many times that he never was broken up or on steroids or done anything on steroids or monsters or whatever. Uh, let's move on to the coaching trio of this this member Hall of Fame. Bobby Cox, fourth all-time manager wins with over 2,500 wins. He started off with the Braves actually and, and got fired. Joe Torrey with his success. Torrey was, Torrey was uh, part of this Hall of Fame class, and we'll talk about him later. Cox went to Toronto for four years, where he won 355 games, which I think is great for somebody who didn't really matter who won championships in high school. Um, but then Bobby Cox came back to Atlanta as the GM, took over as manager, and then from then on, basically the 1990s, for about 15 years, I believe, they won the division 15 straight times. They went to the NLCS or the World Series basically every year. They only won it one time in 1995. That was against the Joe Torre-led New York Yankees. Uh, Bobby Cox and his Braves were the first team to play a game in New York after 9-11 as they went to go play the Mets in Shea Stadium about 10, uh, 10 days later or something like that. And Bobby Cox was the four-time manager of the year, and he's the only manager in history to actually win it in back-to-back -back years. And, of course, most notably, Bobby Cox was ejected the most times of any manager in history. Joe Torre, fifth all-time, manager wins with over 2,300, two-time manager of the year. He actually was a former MVP player. He had a year where he hit uh, 230 hits, bat 363, and had 137 ribbies, led the league in all three categories. Um, he had 250 career homers and bat 297 in his career, um, including five seasons of over 100 RBIs. He was a fantastic baseball player, as well as a manager. He managed the Yankees to six World Series, winning four of them. And not only that, obviously the Yankees are a legendary franchise, but Joe Torre was 
of the Yankees managers of in history, he's he's maybe one of the uh, heralded uh, heralded as one of the greatest. Um, after his managing career, he he joined uh, forces with Rob Manfred to um, become the executive vice president of baseball operations. Um, Tony Larusa, finishing off our Hall of Fame class, um, he would finish his coaching career, his managing career, which actually not quite finished as of now. Um, he would finish third all-time in manager wins. He was a four-time manager of the year as well. He managed the Athletics, the three straight World Series. We actually briefly talked about um, the Athletics last season um, in the Rookie of the Year uh, episode on November 2nd. But uh, they went to the World Series three straight years, 88, 89, 90, winning the one in 89. Um, But they put together a great team, the Athletics did, and in 1995, Tony La Russa became a manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, and he went on to win the World Series with them in 2006 over the Tigers in 2011 against the Red Sox and uh, against the uh, against the Rangers. Um, Tony La Russa retired after the 2011 title and 34 years as a major league manager. Right. After that, the following year, he accepted a position assisting Joe Torre in, as the vice, the executive vice president for MLB operations. Now, fast forward to a few weeks ago, he was just hired by the Chicago White Sox at 77 years old to manage their squad. Literally the next day after the report came out, he got stopped for a DUI. And I'm not sure how that has played out so far, but Tony La Russa is um, on the hot box right now. I'm sure it's not going to affect his employment moving forward with the White Sox, but uh, brought some negative attention his way. Um, That's our Hall of Fame class. The six glorious careers of Tom Glavin, Frank Thomas, Bobby Cox, Tony La Russa, Andrew Torrey, Greg Maddox. Um, obviously, if I were to really go in depth on each one of them, it would take me probably six episodes, not not a few short minutes. But in short, those were some of their accolades and what they did. And let's move forward to today's birthdays. We had 1963. Fred McGriff, who was part of the 1995 Braves World Series team. He would finish his career with 493 homers. That is the most by anyone who is not in the Hall of Fame. And uh, in 2018, William McCovey dies on this day, October 31st. He had 521 career home runs, which, as I mentioned before, is tied with Frank Thomas. William McCovey, the all-time great uh, San Francisco Giant. Now, let's talk about what obviously I really want to talk about, which, no, I'm kidding. Um, that was great. But on October 31st, 2004, the first ever matchup between Big Ben Roethlisberger, the rookie, and Tom Brady. I'm just going to put it out there to start. The Steelers won it 
won the game handily in Heinz Field, 34-20. Um, that would snap a 21-game winning streak that the Patriots were coming in with, having won a bunch of games the year before, winning the Super Bowl, undefeated, coming into this game, coming into Heinz Field. And Big Ben, on the other hand, took over in Game 2 of the season. Steelers were one and one. Moving forward, Game Three was his first decision. He would start twelve of the thirteen of the last fourteen games of the season. Ben went thirteen and zero, won his first playoff game, and then when he would go to Foxborough later in the AFC Championship that year, he would get his first career loss to Tom Brady. So kind of poetic there. Uh, I just wanted to um, talk about the numbers of. Because obviously the Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady matchup over the years, we all know it's kind of been one-sided. Frankly, Tom Brady versus anyone has been very one-sided. Aside from maybe Peyton Manning has been able to hold his own against Tom Brady. However, when it comes to the Steelers, especially going to Foxborough, I just want to read you some numbers. If you're a Pittsburgh fan, you can go ahead and cry. Um... Six times Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers have gone to Foxborough to meet Tom Brady. Six times we've come home with our tail tucked behind our legs. 6-0 and is Tom Brady with a 71.1 completion percentage. And in those games, he's thrown for 2,138 yards, 21 touchdowns, no interceptions. We have never picked off Tom Brady in Foxborough. And... Brady's record against Roethlisberger is very strong. 9-3 and three overall, head-to-head. 2-0 and oh in the postseason. Both of those were AFC Championship games. Uh, 2004, the one we talked about, and 2017, a few years back. The last time that Brady met Roethlisberger, um, early last year before the Steelers quarterback got hurt, this was fresh off the Patriots winning the Super Bowl against the Rams. The Patriots embarrassed the Steelers in opening night, and they beat us 33-3. to We couldn't even find the end zone. Obviously, no interceptions from Tom Brady, the game being in Foxborough. Um, so I just wanted to say, look, let's fast forward. Now, Brady is in the NFC. He's on the Buccaneers. They're doing pretty good. There's only one way that Big Ben and Tom Brady will face each other again. That's starting to look like the Steelers' only roadblock if they were to face the reigning champions. Because what I'm saying is we would have to meet them in the Super Bowl. So, wouldn't be in Foxborough, wouldn't be in Pittsburgh, if somehow the stars align, Brady, Big Ben, Super Bowl, Tampa versus the Steelers. You know, Brady's already won six Super Bowls. He's been to nine. Ben has been to, has won two, and he's been to three. He's literally tripled Big Ben in regard to the postseason. Um, also, I just want to apologize. I think this is already my second week in a row that I'm stuck on talking about Tom Brady, but I promise I won't mention him for at least one more episode. More than that, can't promise. But anyway... Let's just see what happens. Steelers are 10 or no. They're rolling. And Buccaneers with Tom Brady. They've got Antonio Brown now. 
got all those weapons. You never know what might happen. I think the player I didn't mention that kind of in the background to all of this is probably going to be the one standing on the mountain when it's all said and done is Patrick Mahomes. But enough for today. That's all I got. Um, this definitely was a huge day on the calendar. Halloween, you know, kind of scary. But anyways, um, next week I'm going to break down two of the greatest shortstops to ever play the game, baseball. For now, you can follow the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash um, IET podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram at IET podcast. It's been great. This new season has been fun, and I will see you next week.